Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm so excited that you joined me for this episode. So today I want to talk to you guys about the second coming of Christ. So my friend Dawn and I had a conversation recently where we were just talking about how much the church in general and just believers, like we really aren't focused on the second coming of Christ. A lot of times, a lot of times it's not preached as much as it maybe should be, or the focus isn't um, on that. A lot of times our focus is on this life and what this life has for us and God's promises for this life, which is great, but there is a very real reality that Christ will return for his bride. And so I want to get into some scriptures today. I want to talk about that. I want to hear what you guys have to say. So feel free to reach out to me about this. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. So thanks for tuning in. And here we go. So I can honestly say I don't really remember a time in my life where I hadn't heard about the second coming of Christ, that Jesus would be returning. I was a kid, really young, and I was at vacation Bible school or Sunday school or something. And I remember it being preached about and sitting there in the hard pews of my church and looking out the big stained glass window and thinking like, wow, Jesus could come back like right now or right now or right now, or as soon as I walk out the doors today, or just knowing like, that for sure that he is coming back. And that's just something I've never really even questioned because it's reality of what scripture tells us. And so I think throughout my life since then, obviously I was a kid when I first learned about the second coming, it's always been in my mind, but it hasn't been something that is super pressing or urgent to me, to be honest. Like I'm living for the Lord now and telling others about him, but I don't really talk about his coming as much as I could or should. And so I think it's important that we do encourage one another during this time. Like this life isn't all that there is. There is more beyond the, you know, 80 to hundred years are given here. And that is an eternity with Christ. And so the Bible even talks about that, that it's appointed for man to die once. And then after that, the judgment, like we will stand before God. So knowing where we are with Christ is so super important. So I really want to encourage you if you're listening to take that seriously and to really search your heart and ask yourself if you're right with God. And if you were to pass away today, where would you go? Where, where would your eternal life take place? And, um, we know that the Bible teaches that Jesus is the only way for salvation. And there's so many scriptures on that, that I'd love to share with you if you want to hear more. But for today's podcast, I want to talk about the second coming of Christ. We know that he came as a man and lived about 33 years, that he died on a cross, that he was buried 
and raised from the dead after three days and then ascended to heaven. And so I want to read the account of that and then read some different scriptures. And this definitely is not an episode to invoke fear or or anything like that. It's an episode to encourage your heart that Christ is coming back, that this world and the craziness of it is not all that there is, and that we do have a Father in heaven that loves us so much, and he has so many, so, so, so many greater things for us than what's right in front of us during this season. So I want to start out in the book of Acts chapter one. We're going to read nine through 11 and the book of Acts is written by Luke. And so I actually read in one of my study notes that the book of Luke and Acts are meant to be read together. So um, if you're looking for something good to get into, those would be two good books to read. So I'm going to read nine and 11. It says, Now, when he had spoken these things, and it's talking about Jesus um, right before he ascended to heaven after his resurrection, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So they're telling him the same way you saw him go, he will return. And that's so encouraging to me. And there's a lot of people that were there that day. There were eyewitnesses of this. And yeah, they just stood there staring at him. They're like, why are you staring at him thinking that would be me? Like if I just watched the son of God ascend up into a cloud and be received up that way, I would be like, what in the world did I just see? And so those two angels came and spoke to them and, and then they went to the upper room and there's the whole account of that further on in the book of Acts, which I'm not going to get into because I'm going to stick to my topic today. I want to read in first Thessalonians 4.16. I love the word of God. So love it. It's so encouraging, especially with things right now and all the uncertainties that are happening in this season of life. And honestly, every season of life, there's always uncertainty um, that we're faced with and just having the anchor and the encouragement that's in God's word. There's nothing like it. So I encourage you, if you haven't gotten into the word of God or you haven't made that a priority in your life, I really encourage you to do that because it is going to encourage you. So first Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I'm going to keep going. Then we, will go, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So I love that because it just reiterates the fact that like this isn't a scare tactic and it's not something to invoke fear at all. It's like it's to be a comfort and an encouragement that you have a king who loves you. You have a bridegroom who has gone to prepare a place for us like he promises in the gospels like he went to heaven to prepare a place for us and he will come back for us and so this is an encouragement to us and it is a 
I don't want to say warning because that's not really the word I want to use, but it is an, an urgency to make sure that you're right with God. That's so important. So, um, yeah, I love, I love this and comfort each other. And it shows us like what that's going to look like. And I remember when I was a kid, when I first heard that, like, we'll be caught up together with him in the clouds. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I am really afraid of heights. <laughs> Isn't that the silliest thing you've ever heard? Like, oh my gosh, God himself is coming back for me. And I am literally afraid of um, heights. And I don't want to be up that high. <laughs> Crack myself up. Now I'm like, come Lord, come quickly. And then I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. This says, but concerning the time and seasons, brethren, we have no need that I should write to you. You have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So I love that because it talks about how it's going to come like a thief in the night, but not for those who are walking in Christ. It's not going to come like a thief in the night. We we are going to know the signs and the times and know that his, his coming is approaching quickly. And so it encourages us not to sleep, not to slumber, to stay sober. And I'm going to go on. It says, for those who sleep, sleep at night. And for those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And then again, it says, therefore, comfort each other and edify each other just as you are also doing. So just reminding each other to stay awake, stay sober, stay in the word. Don't let your guard down in life. Don't just go through the motions and don't just live life in apathy and complacency and in a lukewarm state. Like stay on fire for God. And and sometimes you have to stoke that fire. Like a fire will go out if it's left by itself. But you have to stoke it. Stoke it with the word. Stoke it with being by being around other believers who have a passion for the Lord, who can encourage you, who you can have good conversations with, who you can pray with, watch awesome like YouTube videos. My friend Rachel and I are like always telling each other, you've got to check out this video. Like it's so encouraging. And every time I am able to catch one that she sends me or vice versa, we're always encouraged by it. Listening to podcasts that are going to strengthen our faith, being a part of a body of believers. Like these are all important things and that help us keep that fire alive and um, just having accountability with one another and, and life is so important. So I definitely want to encourage you in all of those things. Um, and you feel free to share with me any ideas or ways that you keep your fire stoked because it's so important. All right. I'm going to read Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. And I actually just have my Bible sitting here, so I don't have everything picked up. I have to flip to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. So this is not like a little plug for all you men out there. This, I, I am 
I'm reading this for a purpose besides telling a husband how to love his wife, but this is good information. So love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So how did Christ love the church? It says he gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So I love that because it talks about the way Christ loves his church and we are his church. We're his bride. And I was thinking earlier before I started this podcast about like, okay, if I was engaged, how would I be acting? How would I be preparing myself for my wedding? And I think, well, I'd probably be working out more. I'd probably be eating better. I would, you know, all these things, different things to prepare myself for my wedding day. I'd be making arrangements and plans. I'd be shopping for my dress. I'd be, you know, planning my bridal shower. Well, actually, I'd have a maid of honor to do that. But you know what I mean? All those things that go into planning a wedding and all of that. And I think, what am I doing right now in this season to prepare myself for the return of Christ, for him coming back for his bride? Am I making a conscious effort to make sure that I am without spot or wrinkle? Am I allowing the word of God to wash me? Because that's what it does. When we get in the word, it is, the Bible says that the word of God is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that the, that the worker of God may be thoroughly equipped. And so the servant of God, worker of God, depends which translation you have. So that word of God has so many purposes. And am I allowing it to do that in my life? Am I constantly reading it through the lens of like, how can I teach this word to other people? Or or even sometimes like I can read a word and I think of someone else in my life who needs this word. And sometimes I have to like literally tell myself, stop, <laughs> read this word for yourself too, because this word isn't just for you to learn and give out to other people. You have to read this word for yourself and allow it to wash you, allow it to renew your mind. The Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we're renewed in our mind when we're getting in the word and allowing what it teaches to, to, to change us. The Bible says too, don't just merely listen to the word, but do what it says. So we have to learn to read the word and apply it to our lives, not just read it and think that it's like a really nice lofty idea for people in the first century church. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a word that's living and active and it's powerful and it's effective for today, just as much as it was when it was written. So I have a few more scriptures I want to read to you guys. Um, before I end this episode, I hope this is encouraging you and I pray that you are blessed by listening to this. And again, would love to hear your feedback and your encouragement um, on this because, hey, that's what we have each other for. So I'm reading in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. So this is what Jesus said to his disciples right before he ascended. It's the Great Commission. And I was thinking about um, like what we're supposed to be doing now, like in the meantime, between time, in between time, Jesus is gone. He's in heaven. We know he's coming back, but what about like, okay, so what are we supposed to do now? Like hunker down in our homes and wait until he comes back and just like, you know, throw a sackcloth over our head and pray like, no, not at all. Not at all. And you guys know that that was facetious. But anyway, this says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So he tells us, like, what are we supposed to be doing? Making disciples. And what does that mean? It means going out, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, telling people that he what he did for them, the gospel, the good news that he died for them, that he died for their sins so that they can be forgiven and have right relationship with God to just share his goodness. Like the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are we saying so? Are we saying I belong to Christ? Are we saying I'm a follower of Christ? And honestly, a lot of times I'm not. There are times when I do, and I'm very bold with my faith. And then there are times when it's like, I just don't even want to talk about it. I don't like, I don't think they want to hear it or whatever dumb excuses I come up with in my head, or I just want to go through my day without worrying about other people. But the Bible tells us to do that, to go and make disciples, go teach people about him, teach what he taught, teach the word of God, preach the word of God. And we have such a freedom in this country to do that. Even for me to be able to make a podcast episode and talk about this, the freedom that I have to do that is something that I don't want to take for granted. Cause I know that there are a lot of places in the world where this would be prohibited. Like this would not be allowed, especially as a woman, like someone who's in ministry as a female, like that is something even in the American church that's scrutinized and debated and you know, whatever. And so I don't want to take the platform that God gives me, whether it's with two people or 200 or 2000, I don't want to take that for granted. And I want to speak his truth and live his truth and walk in his truth and know his truth. And, um, cause it's so good. It's so life-changing. It's changed my life. And I know that it has the power to change other people's lives. So why would I not want to tell everyone about him and his goodness? So a couple more scriptures, uh, Hebrews nine twenty eight. Hebrews 9:28 It says so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many so we know that Jesus came he came to bear the sins of many that's why he died on the cross and it says to those who eagerly wait for him he will appear a second time apart from sin for, for salvation so he's coming again but he's not coming to redeem us from sin he already did that that's already done. It's finished. He said that on the cross. It is finished. He's coming back for salvation and he's coming back for his people. He's coming back for his bride. And I am literally just getting encouraged reading these scriptures to you guys because it's just stirring that hope and anticipation in my heart, um, which is what the word of God does. It's so good. And the last one scripture I want to read to you is Matthew 24, 36. It says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. So this is Jesus talking to the people about the second coming and when he would come back. And he's like, I don't even know when I'm coming back. Like he is seated at the right hand of the father. And until the father tells him, go and go back and get your bride. Like he doesn't even know when that is. And I know that he longs to come back for us. He longs for, for his people. And so we know that he, he doesn't even know until the father tells him to come back. Um, right now, the only one that knows is the father. And so just a quick little plug warning. Like if you're hearing someone say like a very specific time, 
um, that he's coming back. Don't even listen to that garbage because there have been a lot of people that have said that and led a lot of people astray. The Bible does say that we'll know and recognize the season and he gives us clues and warnings um, as far as that goes. But to know like a specific day and time, Jesus himself doesn't even know. So no one on this earth is going to know either. And I do want to encourage you as I'm just glancing down at my Bible in Matthew 25, it talks about the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And it talks about having oil in their lamp and um, being ready for the bridegroom. And it's a parable that Jesus shares and it's about his second coming. I would encourage you to get into that. I'm not going to dig into that today just because um, for time's sake, but I would encourage you to get into that. So again, that's Matthew 25. So yeah, that's all I have for today. I want to close in prayer and pray a blessing over you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm just so thankful for every person that tunes in and listens to my podcast and shares it. You guys, that it really blesses me and encourages me. And I always want to be a blessing and just share my love for the word of God because it truly has changed my life. And I am so in love with the word of God. So I'm thankful that you guys take the time to listen. So yeah, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for listeners on this podcast. I thank you for each and every person that has tuned into my podcast in the past and that will tune into this episode and any in the future. God, I pray your blessings over them. I pray that you draw them closer to your heart, God. We know that you are always wanting intimacy and real relationship with your with your kids. And I just thank you that we would desire that too. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and our understanding, God, to your truth. Lord, I pray that you would deepen our desire and our love and our hunger for your word because your word is so life-changing and it's so good and it's so powerful. God, I thank you that you've given us the freedom to read your word, to know your word. You've given us your Holy Spirit to help us understand the word, God, that it can be understood by anyone who reads it. I thank you for your love and faithfulness. I thank you that you never change. And I thank you that you are coming back for your bride. I pray that you would show us individually how we can prepare for that, who we can minister to along the path of this life that you've given us. And God, I just pray that our heart would always be hungry for your return, that it would always yearn and desire it because that is something that we know is going to happen. And it's not anything that we have to be fearful of, God. We can comfort each other with the fact that you are coming back, Lord. And we just thank you that you have not left us without help. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us each other. You've given us your word. So I just thank you for everything you're doing in our lives and the things that you have planned for us in the future. We know that they're good. In Jesus' name, amen. 